Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 17 of Twin, Twin Talk, Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today, we have a great episode. Andrew, the NBA playoffs are underway. Now, we're not that deep in the playoffs, but we're almost done with the first round. That's right. Seven of our eight series have finished. And one of them is actually into the second round. So we have one series to, um, tonight in the last game of round one, and we have one game that is in the first game that is in the first game of round two. So break all that down. In the MLB, the season progresses as we start to near the All-Star game. So maybe we'll touch on that a little bit. We'll also talk about what we were talking about one year ago. More trade news out of the MLB and a great birthday. But Andrew, let's jump right into these MNBA playoffs. Now, Andrew, as I said, seven of the eight matchups have finished. Now, one week ago, we only seen one matchup that had finished. And that was the Bucks versus the Heat with the Bucks sweeping the Heat to move on. Now, Andrew, there's six other series that have finished. Can you just tell us very quickly what happened? Well, Ryan, I'm going to go in order of the least dominant wins to the most dominant wins. Now, the most dominant wins was definitely when the Bucks just rolled over the Heat. Not even hard. 4-0. We already knew that. They swept him right out of the gate. The Heat didn't stand a chance. Butler was terrible. Adebayo didn't do anything. Giannis was. And Giannis and Milton. Moving right along. The second most dominant series, I say, was the 76ers. They did have to go to a Game 5. But you know why? Because Joel Embiid got injured and didn't play an entire game. The Wizards barely won. And that is basically only because Joel Embiid wasn't there. And then the 76ers go out two nights later and kill them. 4-1. The 76ers are moving on to the next round to play that four seed who I'll tell you in just a second. The next most dominant series, I say, it was the Utah Jazz versus the Memphis Grizzlies. I remember Ryan was saying this Grizzlies team's got a lot of fight after they beat the Warriors in the playing game. They beat the Spurs in the game before. And then they go out and beat the Jazz. Three straight wins against amazing teams. But you know what? They barely won. Donovan Mitchell wasn't there. The Jazz said, you know what? We are not going to lose again. They won the next four straights. They took that series and they won that four to one. The next most dominant series was the Nets. Now, we know they play the Celtics. And for that Celtics team without Jalen Van, we all, basically all thought that the Nets were going to win. And they did 4-1. Steamrolling over those Celtics. I really like their chances for next year. But... Just right now, no chance. We'll touch on this after I finish the playoffs. But they did, oh, I think he retired. Their general manager, Danny Ainge, stepped down. And their head coach, Brad, Brad Stevens, is going to take over as the GM. So they're going to be looking, looking for a new coach. We can talk about that and who they might look to hire. The next most dominant series win was the Hawks. Now, I keep on saying, this series does not really matter since you're going to have to play the 76ers next. And that is right. The 76ers are too good. But the Hawks, they put up a fight. If you can remember, towards last week, we were saying that the Knicks had won game two. And it was a good win. It was a very good win. But the Hawks won game one. They won game three. They won game four. They won game five. They won 4-1. Trey Young was just unbelievable. Now, he kind of has kind of that, hey, please hate me, kind of the way he plays. He kind of draws fouls, he talks to the fans, he chirps. I think he even spit on the ground once to imitate a fan who spit on him. Kind of all fun games. 
Well, when you go up against the 76ers, you're being guarded by Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. You cannot play around. In my opinion, I love this Hawks win. I cannot stop laughing at the Knicks for thinking that they had a chance this year. I'm still laughing while I'm talking. But I feel like, Hawks fans, I'm sorry, but your season is basically over. Now, the next series is we're very, very close. The couple that I haven't talked about are the Suns versus the Lakers and the Nuggets versus the Blazers. Now, let's first talk about the Nuggets-Blazers. Now, this series, I said, was going to be very exciting because these two teams, I both had as underdogs for winning it all. Now, with the Nuggets, I didn't love their chances without Jamal Murray after they been playing with him almost the entire season. But you know what? Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, especially Michael Horn Jr., broke out, had great big games, and took this series against the Blazers 4-2 very handily. And really, it might be over in Portland for Damian Lillard. Now, I feel like maybe going back four or five years, we've said this every year. We've said this every year. He's their best player. Yeah, they might have CJ McCollum or Yusuf Nogic, but really, he is their best player, and he needs to find a new home. We can talk about this later as well. But the Lakers have already said they're going to make him a priority after they lost to the Suns. I am so happy about this. I just feel like the Lakers have been good for way too long. LeBron has been the king in the league, the king in the finals, just for way too long. Just, I'm so happy for the Suns team to go out. A lot of people rude against them. A lot of people said the Lakers were going all the way to the finals and past the first round, definitely. But the Suns said, no, we are the better team. We have the much better regular season. We are going to have Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayn, Jay Crowder, Mike Helvidges, and Chris Paul gang up and beat you, and that's exactly what happened. But... If I'm the Suns, I am not being cocky whatsoever. Because, you know what happened? In game one, AD got injured, and the Suns won. In game two, AD was fine. The Lakers won. In game three, AD was fine. The Lakers won. In game four, AD got injured. Phoenix won. In game five, AD was injured. Phoenix won. In game six, AD was still injured. And you know what? Phoenix won. Now, I'm not saying... That I'm not happy to see the Lakers lose. I am. I'm very happy. Because I do not want to see them win again. But, am I saying that as a Suns fan, I pick them to be my winner next round? I don't know. This Nuggets team really showed me a lot. They really showed me that they were a top-tier team in this playoffs. I know. Then, in the final series, that is still going on. The Mavericks versus the Clippers. Now, if you can remember, the Mavericks jumped out to a huge 2-0 lead away. The 3-3-6. v How could you possibly blow this? After two dominant wins, I believe they combined for 50 points. 50 points, a combined winning margin over those last two games. But then you know what happened. You know what happened? Kawhi Leonard said, you know what? This is not going to be my last time. We are going to win right here and right now. The Clippers came back. And they won that game. Then the Mavericks said, oh, ho, 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 not so fast, not so fast. We got Luka Doncic. We still got Doncic. They won that game. Then the Clippers said, you know what? We're going to force game seven. We're going to see if you can beat us at our home one more time. And that's exactly what they did. They forced game seven. Ryan, I just said a ton of stuff and I'm losing my voice. So please comment on what happened. Yeah. So, Andrew, definitely I want to break down what is going to happen in the next week in the NBA playoffs. Now. I definitely really want to get to the second round of the playoffs matchups. But definitely what I have to get to first is this game seven between the Mavs and the Clippers tonight. Now, 
when you break the teams down, the Clippers look much better. But again, this series, Luka Doncic has just been so much better than ever. The question is, which team or really best players are going to fight to save their season? Let's look at the big three guys. Kawhi, what does he have riding on this game? A lot of people think that if they lose this game, he is out of the Clippers. And whether he forced that by trade or free agency, he won't be on the Clippers next year because this was a fair experiment. The Clippers did not do very well in these past two seasons. A lot of people think that he is still one of the top players in the league and could be a great player. Luka Doncic. Now, it's very unlikely that he'll leave Dallas anytime soon as he's still very young. But really, a win here would punctuate their going in the right direction. Him, Christoph Porzingis, and Tim Hardaway Jr. have a future in Dallas. And if not, I don't know, there might need to be some changes around Luka Doncic. We'll see. Now for Paul George. It seems almost definite that even if they win this game, it seems like he'll be out of the Clippers. But even if they win this game, it seems likely that he'll still probably be out. But if they lose, he'll definitely be out of the Clippers. So this is a big game for Paul George. Now, again, this would really be able to prove him as one of the great shooting guards in our game. He's not up there with James Harden yet, or Bradley Beal, but he could be. And we'll have to see what happens in tonight's Game 7. Personally, I've got to go with the Clippers tonight, but I would not at all be surprised if the Mavs end up winning the series. Now, let's get to Round 2. Now, as I said, Game 1 of the Bucks and Nets. Let's break it down. Now, this matchup. Again, easy choice is the Nets, and I completely understand why. But, I mean, just questions that we have to ask ourselves. The Bucks, they're one of those teams where if they need a basket, you've got a lot of guys who you can go to. But, obviously, the Nets might be the best team in the league at that. So, we'll really have to see which team can guarantee themselves more baskets. Because both teams, this is clearly going to be a high-scoring series. It's not going to be that low-scoring. But, it's going to be a question of which team can step up on defense and which team can continue to play dominant offense despite having challenging times on defense. Personally, I've got to pick the Nets to be doing better in the series by the next time we talk to you. But if it's the Bucks, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, let's get to another series. This series in the Eastern Conference is the other series between the one seed and the five seed. This is 7-6 versus the Hawks. Now, Andrew talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. Now, the big... Big question for the 76ers is the health of center Joel Embiid. Now this year, Embiid has carried them, leading them to a dominant season, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and Embiid definitely makes a case for MVP this season and probably would have won it if he wouldn't have gotten injured. But, again, the injury has come up. This week, Joel Embiid went down with a torn meniscus in his knee. Now, at first, when I saw this, I said, oh no, he's going to be out for five to six months because when we look at Warrior Center James Wiseman, he had the exact same injury and he is down five to six months. But apparently Joel Embiid's injury isn't as severe and is at a different place in his knee, so he may be able to come back in the next week. Now, I find this very hard to believe that these could be such different timetables with such, such similar injuries, but I'm, of course, not even close to a doctor and the real doctors have spoken. So, so Joel Embiid could play this week, it is still up in the air. Now, I'm going to play this from two different angles. If Joel Embiid is playing, I think the Sixers can easily win the series 4-2, maybe even 4-1. But if Embiid's not playing, I think we've got a real series here. I mean, you've got Ben Simmons and Trey Young, who are both probably around top 10 point guards in the league. And then both teams 
a fairly solid big man in Tobias Harris and Dwight Howard and John Collins and Clint Capella. Now, personally, I feel like this is going to be an interesting matchup either way if MB plays or not. But I've just got to pick the 76ers either way. I feel like they're just clearly the better team. And I just feel like with the Hawks, got a lot of good young players, but haven't put it together yet. Now, in the Western Conference, clearly we still have the Clippers Mavericks going. And the winner will play the Jazz. But in the other series, we know that it will be. But we know that it will be the Utah Jazz versus. No, sorry. The Phoenix Suns versus the Denver Nuggets. The Suns versus the Nuggets. Now, this should be a really interesting series. But again, I've really got to go with the Suns here. I feel like Chris Paul is easily better than whatever point guard the Sun, the, the, that the Nuggets try to pull at him, whether it's Monte, whether it's, I don't even know who they have there. Yeah, whether it's Monte Morris or, I don't know, someone else or Frank Compazu, whoever it is, he's not going to be able to guard Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to feast. And Devin Booker, the Sun shooting guard, is also going to have an incredible series as I don't know who the Nuggets are going to throw at him. Maybe like a Gary Harris. I'm not sure. Whoever it is, I think I think Devin Booker is going to play really well. But once we get to the taller people, this is where the Suns do better. With Michael Porter Jr., who Andrew said is having a great series. Aaron Gorn, who's really helped them when he was traded there a couple weeks ago. And obviously, Nikola Jokic, who almost definitely will be the league's MVP. So it's really going to be which tandem or threesome of which team is really going to play super well. Personally, I think that the Suns have a very good chance to win this series. Chris Paul is one of the top players in their game. Devin Booker is one of the top scorers. And DeAndre Ayn has really shown up in these playoffs. And don't get me wrong, do I like the chances of the Nuggets? Yes, I feel like they have a great team. Might not be great at scoring points, but I feel like they've got a great team altogether that is pretty good in the playoffs, and they have a great coach in Michael Long. But... I've still got to go with the Suns in this series. I just really like them. Now, right now, it feels like we don't even know who will be playing the Jazz. But by the next time we talk to you, they could already be two or three games into their series. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about that now. If the Jazz play the Clippers, personally, I think the Clippers stand a chance. Just because I feel like Quan Paul George, both, if each of them can go off for maybe 30 to 40 points a game, I think they have a chance. But if it's the Mavericks, I think the Jazz are just going to blow them out of the water. I feel like Luka Doncic is a great player, but I feel like the Jazz just have too good of defense and just too good of a team for Luka to go over. Now, that is my breakdown of the second round matchups. Andrew, what else would you like to say about the NBA? Yeah, Ryan, I definitely agree with a lot of your points. But there's two series where I kind of disagree with you. And it just so happens that both of those are in the Western Conference, which I think we can both agree are definitely going to be the two tight of series. Now, one of them, I don't really disagree with you as much as I disagree with your points. And that is the Jazz versus, oh no, sorry, that's Phoenix versus the Jazz. Or sorry, versus the Nuggets. Not sure what's wrong with me. I feel like this series, it could go the Nuggets. Now, am I saying the Nuggets are the better team? Probably not. Am I saying the Nuggets have a better first round? Almost definitely not. But, am I saying that they really showed that they were a good team? Yes. Did they show that Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon are going to dominate as the three and the four player on the court? I feel like definitely. Did the Suns definitely beat the Lakers, who 
are kind of the finals favorite until obviously they got out. Yes, but just the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic is going to feast. I don't know if people remember, but DeAndre Ayn had kind of like, I don't know. Some people were comparing him to like Shaquille O'Neal or like Yao Ming when he was coming out of college. And now I'm comparing him to like Mo Bamba, like Nas Reed. These guys were not good. Nikola Jokic is the MVP. Now, if you want to say that's because he's an assist man, fine. If you want to say that's because he's a defender, which is completely not true, then fine. But you cannot tell me he's not going to go out and get you 25 points in at least 9 rebounds a game. I feel like he is going to eat, and that's why the Nuggets are my pick to win that series. And the other series between the Jazz and the winner of the Nuggets, of the, um, of the Clippers versus the Mavericks. Now, if the Mavericks win, I have to go with the Jazz. Just because the only reason why the Mavericks are even close against the Clippers is one reason. Luka Doncic. And you know why the Clippers can't stop him? Because they have two players. They have two guys who are some of the most inconsistent players in the league. If they are consistent, they could be my finals pick. But you know what? They haven't been. Against the Jazz. Who is going to guard Kawhi Leonard? Tell me. Who is going to guard Kawhi Leonard? Bogdan Bogdanovich? Jalingos? Or so Neil? No. Who's going to guard Paul George? Donovan Mitchell? Who's... I don't even... I'm not sure if he's fully healthy. I, I just can't see this. But, I just like with the Clippers. If they can have Kawhi and Paul George pop off, and if those two guys can shut down Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell and maybe even Mike Conley, that's going to go a really long way. A very long way. Rudy Gobert, of course, is a great center. Of course, he's a great defensive center. But offense, I don't know. Let's see what happens. I feel like I've been talking about this for much, much too long. And you're probably getting very bored with me. So I will skip ahead to different NBA news. Ryan, we said with the Celtics, they fire, or basically, they need a new coach is the bottom line. Now, they've stayed some options. But I want to hear just your top pick for who should take over that job. Yeah, Andrew. Now, as you were saying, the Celtics... Longtime general manager Danny Ainge has decided to retire, and the current coach Brad Stevens will take over as the general manager, which, as we all understand, opens up a hole at their head coaching position. Now, for a lot of teams, there are that are not very good. They have a head coaching opening. They'll take some older person just to help the rookies. But no, the Celtics team—they have Jason Tatum, who's close to an MVP, Jalen Brown, who made his first career All-Star game. In next year can build on a huge season. They have Evan Fournier, who they got in a great trade. Robert Williams is a blossoming young star in this league. Marcus Smart and Kevin Walker are two great guards in this league. This team has a lot of potential. They also have amazing young players. Peyton Pritchard, Carson Edwards, Aaron A. Smith, Grant Williams, Romeo Langford. I don't know. The list goes on and on of young talent that this team has. So the big question is, Who's going to develop it? Now, there are a lot of questions. Now, there are a lot of people. I don't know all of them. The Magic just fired their coach, so maybe they could have him. The Trailblazers just fired their coach. I feel like he'd be good, too. The Thunder fired their coach last year. I think he could be good. And the 76ers fired their coach last year, too. I think all those people are great options. But one person that's been getting so much buzz around the game of basketball. Now, the Blazers want him, too. The Magic kind of want him, but they probably won't get him. And that guy is NBA Hall of Famer Jason Kidd. One of the best NBA players of all time who's turned into a coach. Now, Kidd 
is currently the assistant coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, in my opinion, I feel like he could be in line for that Lakers job, but when you're one of the greatest players and you're coaching one of the greatest players ever, I feel like that is just a recipe for success as a coach. So it looks very likely that Jason Kidd could become the Celtics' new coach if they can prime away from the Trailblazers. Now, I don't want to talk about this for too long. We'll see what happens. It won't change a lot, but we'll see what happens. Now, Andrew, I just want to really quickly touch on this Blazers ending to their season. Now, as you said, Damian Lillard could be out of there. Their coach has been fired. This team had a really tough year. Andrew, do you think Damian Lillard will be traded? Do I think he should be traded? I think he should. Do I think he will? Definitely not. Now, maybe this new coach wants to change things up. Maybe. They don't like this team. But you know what they have to like? Damian Lillard. There's no way around it. I'm sorry, but there's no way around it. He is a top 10 player in the league. And you know what? If you can get him a half-decent tenure, if you could get him, I don't know, like Jared Allen, who's on like a minimum contract, if you could get him Blake Griffin, that would go miles for this team. And I completely agree. This team is not a championship team. With Damian Lillard, you should be going to finals after finals after finals. This guy is on the tier of current LeBron James. He's on the tier of current Stephen Curry. And he's on the tier of basically everyone. Yeah, Andrew, if we just look at the best, the better players in the league right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo, past three seasons, easily made it past the first round every year. Made it very deep in the playoffs every single season. We see Luka Doncic, who is absolutely by himself, is upset, but is still doing better in the playoffs than Dame in the Blazers. We also see Anthony Davis, LeBron James. These guys are doing very well in their careers. They've won championships. They've made very deep runs in the playoffs. Ahead of him, too, in the league. There's Nikola Jokic. This team has been the number two seed, or number three seed in the playoffs, in back-to-back-to-back seasons. The Blazers are not in that league. You see other guys in the top ten. You see Steph Curry. Obviously, everyone knows the story of Steph Curry. One of the most successful NBA careers in the past ten seasons. This guy's gotten a lot of help. He's gotten a great coach. And he's become legendary because of what he's been able to do. Then we see Dane Lillard. This guy, he got CJ McCollum. But how many times has this team made a deep run in the playoffs? How many times have you been chatting with your friends about the best teams in the NBA and gone, oh yeah, the Trailblazers. Sure, there's the Lakers. There's the, in past years, there was the Warriors. There was the Cavaliers a couple of years ago. Whoever there was, you weren't talking about the Portland Trailblazers. And you know what? That's fine. You don't have to talk about the Kings, the Timberwolves, Thunder. They're not that good. But you have a team with a top 10 player? I feel like, I mean, you gotta use them. We see these a lot in sports history. But one thing that could do is change is making them happy. Giving them the place. This team has not done that. Leonard is obviously upset, which is definitely understandable. But Andrew, just one quick situation too. The Los Angeles Lakers. Andrew, this team got to mosh in the playoffs. They had a terrible season. Good news, they signed Andre Drummond, who could be good in future seasons. But... LeBron James is getting old. He had a lot of injuries. Anthony Davis had a lot of injuries. Drummond has is pretty old, and everyone else did terrible. Andrew, where does this team go from here? Where? Ryan, 
This is one of the most confusing things I'd say I might have ever looked at in sports. Now, am I going to say that this team will never win another finals together with LeBron 80? And that's a no. I'm going to say next year, this team might damn well be my pick for the NBA Finals winner if the Nets team fakes up. But what do they not have? They do not have anyone consistent. Anyone at all consistent under the age of Anthony Davis, which I think is 29, but I'm not 100% sure. The only guys that they really have who I can count on 10 points per game is Kyle Kuzma. And I'm sorry, but Kyle Kuzma is not going to be the next LeBron James like people thought he would. And I'm sorry to anyone who likes the Lakers, but Kyle Kuzma is not going to be better than, I don't know, Josh Okoe. I'd rather have Josh Okoe. And he's terrible. I'm saying, for this Lakers team, it's hard. It is hard. When you have a top five player all the time, LeBron James. You have Anthony Davis, who right now is almost definitely a top ten player in the league. You have Andre Drummond. You got Dennis Schroeder. You got Marcus Saw. But what do all of these guys have in common? What do they all have in common? None of them are in the prime. The only guy that's really in this prime is Montrezl here. And you got Davis, who's got his terrible... I mean, I can't blame him for this. I'm just getting angry talking about it. Is that his injury this season? Really this season? I believe Ryan keeps telling me his ankle or something. His leg. I don't know. Just like every time I watch him. He goes up for a dunk. He's coming down. He's crawling. He's crawling. Uh, okay, next game. Uh, he's questionable. Yeah, he's questionable. Uh, what's he going to do? First play of the game. Tip off. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, he might play. Okay. Goes up for a block. Oh, no. He's out for the rest of this. Just, you got to get a consistent play. One guy, I feel like, keeps on hovering around. A lot of people don't like him, personally. I don't like his playing style whatsoever. But he would be an amazing pickup for the Sakers team. It's Colin Sexton. Now, for those of you who don't know, this guy was drafted three years ago in 2018. Late round pick. Er, 13th overall pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, in my opinion, this guy's been amazing. Now, many people are saying he has terrible efficiency. He's shooting way too much. He's not passing. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't play defense. He'll get you 25 points per game. And yeah, that's true. But you know what this Lakers team needs? Consistency. They need a guy who's going to go in every night and get you 20 points per game. They don't need this Tobias Harris nonsense of 100 or like 500 games in a row play. They don't need this you don't have some guy who's there for the fans, who's going to play one minute a year. No. They need is a consistent guy. I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing we're almost 30 minutes in, so we gotta move on. I love talking about this. I love it so much, but we gotta move on to the MLB because that season is going on too. Then, I know it's scary, but this season is basically a third of the way over, so we gotta stop saying that guys are getting off to slow starts. Ryan, just name me one or two guys that you're just very disappointed in. Yeah. Andrew, I mean, there are a lot of guys that are struggling. And I know Twins fans, you might not want to hear this, but just one of the worst disappointments in the entire MLB is Kenta Maeda. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. A lot of people, especially older MLB fans, understand that two years ago, he was kind of playing like this. He had some good starts. He had some bad starts. He was a decent pitcher. But last season, he gave fans so much hope. This guy was second in American League Cy Young voting. And this year, a lot of people thought he could follow that up, maybe even first. But you know what? I don't think anyone's even considering him 
to be a top 20 pitcher in the American League anymore. I mean, this guy is having a terrible season. He has a putrid ERA. He's not getting even close to the same amount of strikeouts. His whip is through the roof, and now he's injured. Now, he isn't one of the worst, but you know who is the worst? And that is Mets shortstop Francisco Lindor, who's absolutely having a terrible season. I mean, three weeks ago, a pitcher had more runs batted in than him. That same pitcher has not played since and is only three RBIs behind him currently. Francisco Lindor was supposed to be this monster pickup for the Mets and have a crazy good season and lead them back to being a dynasty. But you know what? He's made them less of a dynasty and more of an embarrassment. Francisco Lindor has just been abominable. Abominable this season. Doing terrible. Every category. Every category there is. He is stinking. But you know which guys aren't stinking? That is Jesse Winker and Nikos Castellanos of Cincinnati Reds. Now, I believe I talked about this last week. But sorry. I just got to keep talking about this. These guys are just so good. In past seasons. They were fine. They were good enough. But just this year. Those two guys on the Cincinnati Reds. Just taking their season. To all new heights. Both guys. Dominating and batting average. Both guys. Top of the week in home runs. RBIs and runs. Both guys. Doing great in some of the lower categories. Like on base percentage. And slugging percentage. These guys. Have played it out of the park. Andrew. Who are some other guys in the MLB. That are just having incredible seasons. Ryan, something that I feel like I've been basically thinking about for maybe the past season since the MLB ended last year. Of, at least in my opinion, there were tons of guys. Tons of guys that had great 2019s. I can think of maybe 100 off the top of my head who had amazing seasons. In 2020, in my opinion, the question was, how are they going to do? Some guys really showed up. They really, really showed up. Nicholas Cassianos. Shane Bieber. Trevor Story. Some guys... Fell through the cracks. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Rafael Devers. Pete Alonso. Gleyber Torres. So my opinion was this year, what in the world is going to happen with these guys? Now some guys, oh my god. 2019 was the real deal. 60 game season, who cares? These two guys really showed everyone that 2019 was their year. 2020 was a fluke. Rafael Devers and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And you know what? I'm going to add a third guy on the loose list. We talk about this guy every single week, every single day. I feel like I'm asking Ryan or someone I know about this guy. And that is Shohei Otani. Now, most of you know him as a sensation, the DH, and the pitcher. But you know what? Last year, he pitched in one outing. He, watched, he walked 10 straight guys, then goes out for the season. He maybe had eight hits all year. I don't know. This year, you know what? He has like 15 home runs. Vladimir Guerrero has 17 home runs. Rafael Devers has like... Almost 50 RBIs. These three guys are really, really coming out of their shell and showing us that they are the real deal. These guys, the 2019 was amazing. And you know what? They're following up this year with almost as good seasons in only a third of the time. Now, some pitchers that really broke out last year that I said, mm, what's going to happen? Those guys were Brandon Woodruff, Lance Owen, and another one was Tyler Glass now. These guys all had great seasons last year. And I said, eh, that was only 60 games. Devers had a different type of season. Well, I had a different type of season. Shohei did. But you know what? These three guys as well are having amazing seasons. But some guys really fell through the cracks. That's Glaber Torres. If you remember in 2019, he had a month span where, I don't know, he had like 25 home runs or something. 
in a month. You know what happened last year? I think maybe he hit two. Maybe two home runs. Same with Keston Hura, who last year had one of the, maybe the worst season out of anyone. And that's even talking about Twins players, who obviously I know were terrible last season. I don't know. Now, let's get to this season and stop hearing me rant about last season. Ryan, for right now, the top pitchers are still Jacob deGrom, who was just having an out-of-this-world season, hasn't pitched lately, but is still doing amazing. And the National League, Brandon Woodruff, Kevin Gosman, and surprisingly, Tyjon Walker are joining him for the lead in ERA. Another guy who is somehow 8-1, and one, you know, not even sure how his team is winning, is Jack Flaherty. Just, here's another guy that had an amazing 2019 in the second half of the season, was the Cy Young by far. 2020 made maybe three stars, had maybe a 30 ERA, and gave up like a quadrillion runs in like two innings. This year, coming back, going back to that glory, going back to that 2019 form, so proud of Jack Flaherty, really glad he is coming back. In the AL, some guys that are doing amazing, Garrett Cole, no surprise there, but Lancelin, John Means. These two guys, two years ago, I, I didn't even know who they were. Lancelin, I knew because he was on the Twins, and I just knew that he was terrible. Last year, he broke out. John Means, I don't even know what happened. This guy reminds me of when people take a year off because of injury. I think he was fine last year. But you know what? He just came out shooting for the stars this year. Just an amazing year. Just phenomenal. Another guy that was also on the Twins and terrible. We get rid of him and then he becomes a semi-superstar. And that's Kyle Gibson. Now, luckily, the Rangers are still terrible. So I can't say this is David Ortiz all over again. Just, obviously, this guy's a pitcher. But this guy has a top 10 ERA. A top 10 ERA. What I remember about Gibson is that he was a ground ball pitcher. He'd always get guys to ground out. But this guy is looks like he's getting that one to ground out. He's giving up an average of one run per nine innings. And his average inning and his average start is only six innings. That's not even a run per outing. In the average outing, he's almost giving up zero earned runs. That is incredible by Kyle Gibson. Now, let's get to the teams. As I predicted, maybe three weeks ago. Very bold, very bold statement that the Giants will be this year's World Series winners. And you know who's the best team in the league right now? That's right, my San Francisco Giants. They are ahead of San Diego in their division and Los Angeles in their division, who I'd say are my second and third team's picks for the World Series. Some other division leaders are the Chicago Cubs. Really not sure how. Their pitching staff deteriorated after last season. They're hitting, I feel like it's just who's getting moved next between Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez. It's like a game show. And then in the... Um, Amer- and then in the East, somehow the Mets are the best team. Pretty sure it's just because DeGrom is doing amazing. Tyon, Tyshawn Walker, sorry, I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name, is doing amazing with close to a 2 ERA. And somehow P. Alonzo is not terrible. So something's going on there. Uh, in the American League, Oakland Athletics are first in their division. Tampa Bay Rays are first in theirs. And the White Sox are first in theirs. With the White Sox, it's kind of a surprise since their top two Hitters in Eloy Menace and Luis Robert are both out for at least two months with the temporary race. I, just, I still don't get how this team is good. Now, Brandon Lau had a good 15 games last year. This year, he's not doing well. I still have no clue how this team has even won 10 games. Now, maybe Tyler Glass now is switching on this world, and yeah, he is. But I just do not understand this whatsoever. Oakland's first and theirs, again, do not understand this. I'm sorry, but I can't. 
Who do you got on the pitching staff? Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya, Frankie Montes. I'm sorry, I do not understand this. How is this team so dominant? I can already see there were 35 minutes. Ryan, anything you want to add about this MLB before we move on to the NFL? Yeah, Andrew, not really. I just want to say that just, yeah, really, this season, we've really started to see now. A lot of these teams are for real. The Giants, they've actually got a good team. This National League Central could be competitive and could come down to the end. I don't know. I've seen a lot of surprises this year. But yeah, I mean, it's just been a really interesting season this year. We'll have to continue to monitor the situation. Just update you. There were no no-hitters in the past week. Even though it feels like every other week there has been. Now, Andrew, we are running kind of short on time, so let's move forward to the NFL. Now, Andrew, there wasn't really that much news out of the NFL. Julio Jones still has not found a home, even though a lot of people suspected it would be around the day of June 1st. And right now, it's June 6th. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. But I have to guess that if he does get moved, it will be in the next week or two. So i have to continue to watch this. Now, Andrew, just pure speculation. From Julio's perspective, where do you think? This man is Ryan, this situation is extremely confusing. Earlier today, he said he wanted a big-armed quarterback. A week ago, he said he wants to win. Before that, he said he wants more money. I don't know what this man wants anymore. But what I do know is that this guy wants to go to the Green Bay Packers. Now, I understand this is messy. This is way more messy than Julio's ever faced. He's had his main man, Ryan, for his entire career. And he's had... Virtually the same coaching staff besides this year. But Green Bay would be so good for him. This team needs one more thing. In my opinion, they can even get, like, like if they got, like, Brian O'Neill, they'd be my pick for the Super Bowl. Not that he's good, just that they need that one little push. And Julio is one huge push. What Rodgers has been saying, I need another target, I need another target, I need another target. You're getting me a quarterback, you're getting me a defense, you're getting me a running back. I don't care, give me a target. And they're saying, well, no. And you get him Julio Jones, he's going to stay. You got Julio, you got Devontae Adams, you got Aaron Jones. This is the perfect situation. He's the strongest quarterback in the game. They don't have a ton of money, but hey, you're going to win a Super Bowl, I'm guessing. Yeah, now Andrew, that would be interesting. But Andrew, just a little bit of news out of training camp from rookies and from around the NFL. Andrew. Just on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So many questions. We have new coach, Urban Meyer. No one knows what's going through that guy's head. He has made some interesting moves. Those include signing very old tight end, Tim Tebow, out of retirement. We have no idea what's going on with that move. Quarterback. This was not surprising. Just now, we know that they've never won pick Trevor Lawrence. A lot of expectations on him. A lot of pressure. But Andrew, one thing that I just wanted to discuss very quickly is the running back situation. Now, I know the last year, this team... Got undrafted free agent James Robinson. No one thought he'd be that good. People thought they'd start Dario Okumbo Wale or Reichel Armstead. But you know who had the monster season? James Robinson, who a lot of people thought this year would be the undeniable starter and really have an incredible, incredible season. And he was slated to until they drafted Travis Etienne in the first round. Now, I have no idea who's going to be the starter, but it seems like Travis Etienne because James Robinson was loved by the former coach and the former general manager in Though he had a good season, Travis Etienne was drafted in the first round. The first round. I don't think you're going to use your first round draft pick to sit on the bench unless you're the Packers, but we all know they're just stupid. So, 
I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with this Jackson Mars running back room. But, Andrew, just quickly, with the Minnesota Vikings, they made a very small move, but it is significant. Andrew, the Vikings signed free agent cornerback Brashad Breeland. Now, I'm guessing you never heard of him, and that's okay. He is actually pretty good for the Kansas City Chiefs. This guy is probably maybe top 20, top 25 cornerback in the NFL. Andrew, do you think this move will make really any difference? Ryan, probably not. The only thing that I feel like this move kind of says is that we're going to go with a veteran kind of look next season, at least on the secondary. Now, if you remember earlier, they signed Patrick Peterson, and they signed Xavier Woods, and they already have Harrison Smith. That would mean our secondary could have all guys over the age of 30. Now, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm not saying this is a good thing. Personally, I'd rather have Cameron Dancer. I don't know who's going to start. To be honest, I don't really care. I do like this signing. Personally, I'm never opposed to a free agency signing. I always love it when you go out, you sign a boom, you sign a high ceiling, low middle floor, which basically means this guy could be a top 10 cornerback or eh, he bottoms out. So what? You paid like a million dollars for him, which I know is kind of a lot, but in the NFL, not really. Ryan, let's quickly talk about the Twins now. I think we can all agree that this season has been bad. But you know what? Two nights ago was the worst I think I might have ever seen. In the first inning, we gave up a walk and then a single and then a walk and then a single and a double and a double. And basically, to make a long story way shorter, Matthew Maker got one out giving up nine runs. That's right, nine runs. After the first three innings, the score was 13 to 1. 13 to 1. This is just terrible. This is a new low for the Twins. I knew we were bad. I knew we were not the best team in the league. But damn it, 13 to 1. That should be our record. The opposite. We should be 1 to 13 after that terrible performance. Now, yesterday, we did have a decent game. We won 5 to 4. And a very gutsy um, last inning by Hanson Robles. But you know what? We got the win. And you know what? We are making some progress. Now, if we're going to go 2 and 5, just like every 7 games, that's not going to be good enough. That's not. But. If we can go two and five for three weeks, and then start going five and two, now that would be amazing. It's what I was saying. Kenji Maeda is a huge disappointment this season. Matthew Maker has an ERA of like eight. Jay Happ is not doing well, but Michael Pineda and Jose Barrios are doing very well. Also, we have like barely any healthy hitters. We have so many injuries to our hips. We have Caven. We have Kepler injured. We have Buxton injured. We have. I don't know, Simmons finally played yesterday after, like, a week absence. We have Rortvet injured. We have, I don't know, like, eight catchers injured. Austin Dio pitched, which basically means that we gave up. That basically means we gave up. You know what? He did well, which means the other team gave up too, which I still say is terrible. We can talk about this later because we have, like, two minutes left. But I still say teams should be swinging more. Ryan, all right, let's quickly talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. We really have no news whatsoever, but just, Ryan, real fast, do you think this team even needs a draft pick, or do you think we can make the playoffs on their own? Yeah, Andrew, personally, I feel like a draft pick would help a lot, but, I mean, I feel like this team has the potential to make the playoffs. I mean, you saw what happened this year. When we were all healthy, but not Malik Beasley, we were the second-best team in the league. Now, let's say we had Malik Beasley. We could have made a run for that number one. Now, clearly, that wouldn't have mattered. We probably just would have even gotten a worse draft pick. But, still, this team fared well. Now, every week we say the same thing. And this week, I'm not really feeling up to going into a very long discussion about what exactly we can do to make ourselves better. Basically, the NBA lottery, I believe, 
is in a couple of weeks. Andrew, is that correct? Yeah, I think maybe a month or two. Yeah. So we'll have to see when the NBA draft lottery is. Really definitely the lull for the Timberwolves. Getting back in the offseason, kicking back, getting ready for the next season. So, Andrew, as our time wraps up, let's move on to the birthday of the day. Yeah, Ryan, today's the birthday of the day. It's DeAndre Hopkins. This has been one of my favorite players for basically his entire career. I just loved his game. I loved his attitude, and I loved basically his team until he left Texans. Speaking of his trade to the tech, of his trade away from the Texans, he heard about it. I don't even know what I remember. It's funny. And he asked, hey, just wondering, what did the Texans get for me? Because if you get traded, you want their best player. You want six first-round picks to know that you are worth a lot. And the guy said, uh... David Johnson, uh, like, 12th year running back, and a third-round pick. The up goes, and they also got Kyler Murray, who's obviously the Cardinals' star quarterback and amazing young player. And he goes, no, that's it. Third-round pick and David Johnson. And Hopkins goes, what? You gotta be joking. I'm worth at least three first-round picks. But I guess Texans didn't think so. You know what happened to those Texans? Lost their coach. Lost basically the entire team. Probably going to lose their star quarterback to Sean Watson. Might even lose their franchise altogether. I don't know. If I was that owner, I would just immediately take all my money out and invest it in whatever the stock market. Hopkins had an amazing year for the Cardinals. Definitely proved that he was worth at least five first-round picks, in my opinion. But we'll have to see how Bertha to DeAndre Hopkins definitely know that you are worth the best. Yeah, also, Andrew, in the college basketball world, we heard monumental news. Now, no, it wasn't that one of the best players ever was coming into college. No, but it was one of the best college coaches ever, sadly, announcing his retirement. And that was Coach Mike Krzyzewski who, in my opinion, and definitely in my lifetime, has been the greatest college basketball coach. Now, I'm 100% sure that every single person has a very strong feeling who cares about college basketball, who is the greatest college basketball coach of, ever, of all time. There's John, Tom, there's John Hopkins, there's John Tompkins, and there's Dean Smith, and there's tons of other greats all time. But, I don't know, Mike Krzyzewski is one of the greats. Coach of Duke basketball will retire after this season. So, yeah. Definitely very sad news, but it's we still have a full year to go before he actually walks away from the game, so we will still keep talking about this later. Now, real fast, just one year ago today, if you can remember all the way back that far, for some reason we were making podcasts every other day? Not sure how we did that, so skipping a little ahead here, but we talked quickly about the NFL and which rookies we thought, not who would be the top one, but maybe who the best running back or wide receiver. Mine, real fast, I believe that wide receiver, I said the top one would be CeeDee Lamb. I was riding him the whole time. He had a good year, but Justin Jefferson was so, so much better. Definitely got that pick wrong. But with running back and quarterback, I believe I said it would be Joe Burrow, who was pretty good. Definitely second behind Justin Herbert in running back. I think I like Jonathan Taylor, who is probably the best one, besides maybe Cam Akers going into this season for some people. But I don't know. I was very off CEH. And quite hours left, so I think I got that one right. Ryan, I feel like there has been news in basically every sport. The NHL playoffs are still going on. I know as the wild got out or something like that. Um, yeah, apparently the College World Series for men and women is going on right now. There's a lot of tennis tournaments, I think. Serena Williams won something. Um, golf, I know a guy, I think, 
someone was leading and then they got COVID and had to pull out. A lot of sports news around the world. Ryan, anything else you would like to add before we conclude? Yeah, these NBA playoffs will be incredible. Definitely watch them this week. Yeah, Ryan, and so I, I forgot. We mentioned at the very end of last week, so we talked about today, so we talk about in this episode didn't whatsoever. Next week we can talk about just a tad more. Ryan and I will be taking a short, about a month break. Um, after next week's podcast, so we still have this one that you can listen to. Then there's going to be one a week from today, and then we're going to take a short absence since Ryan and I are going out of town. And we understand this is a little poor time because of the NBA, but once we come back, we'll definitely talk about that much more. And Ryan, as you always say at the end, the NBA will have the next round of the playoffs. MLB know who the best players are. Might even talk about the All-Star game since I'm pretty sure we might be missing that part. Other random sports news around the world and other football news. Maybe Julio Jones will be traded. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will be traded. We really have no clue next week on Twin Talk MN.